Welcome to All About the Experiences, the podcast that has no limits, hosted by me, Cheryl Rogers. My mother always said, live your life to the fullest, baby. Well, I'm here to do just that. This podcast is dedicated to sharing what inspires me personally and professionally. I have become a trusted name among top professionals in many industries. All About the Experiences is now your source for weekly inspiration, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in positivity and experiences. Now, join me on this journey. Welcome to the first episode of All About the Experiences. I am incredibly excited uh, to start this new journey of discovery through this podcast. I have decided to launch my podcast today for two reasons. The first reason is it's a very special day. My late mother, Jean Lindsay, she's a Juneteenth baby. She was born on June 19th, and I know for a fact if she was here with me, she'd say, Shay Shay, that's my nickname, are you doing this for me? And of course I am. This woman has supported me through so much, and um, this is just another uh, journey or another uh, trip in this long journey, I should say. And um, I feel honored to be able to do this on her birthday. And I also mentioned that it's Juneteenth, and my mom was a big supporter of Juneteenth, obviously, because it was on her birthday. But beyond that, is because of what Juneteenth symbolizes. And um, if you're unfamiliar with Juneteenth, Juneteenth is a day that is recognized in the African-American community that uh, slavery in it, and we're celebrating the culture and the achievements of African-Americans. So for those two reasons, I felt like it was very pointed to launch this next step in my journey. And I appreciate all of you being here. Uh, a lot of people have asked me, what is all about the experiences? And to be honest with you, when people would ask me, I wasn't even sure what it was. And I can tell you where it came from. It, it literally came from a conversation that I was having with some of my dear friends and colleagues that are also in the meetings and events space. And we were basically sharing just different ideas and challenges that we were having um, when we were dealing with a lot of our different events and just kind of out of frustration as we were going back and forth, I said, you know, all of the minute details are really important to us and we know all about it. But when you have someone that is engaging in a meeting or an event, at the end of the day, it's how they feel. It's the experience that they have. And I said, hashtag all about the experiences. And that's when it was born. So with that being said, All About the Experiences has come along with me as I've done site visits, I've done travels, and honestly, um, anything that I have been able to engage with over social media, we all know the power of social media and what it is to be tagged in something or to tag a concept or idea, and so that's where it has it's begun. And so if you had to ask me now, I'd have to say, all about the experiences is definitely, it's, it's comprised of all of my professional and my personal experiences, which is my lifestyle. So I have to coin it as a lifestyle brand. Um, the other question that I was recently asked, I was so fortunate uh, last week to be on a dear friend of mine, Russell Edmond. He hosts a radio show on air with Russell of Hotels, and it is hosted on LA Talk Radio. And he allowed me to join his platform to launch my brand and to bring it to a more global audience. And so I was so fortunate to not only um, have this platform to do this on, but also his mentorship through this process. Um, he comes from the event space as well as um, on uh, hotels and uh, we've worked together on several programs uh, that I've done in other jobs. So he has been really one of my biggest supporters as well. And I'm just so happy about it. But I, I, I just had to give him that a shout out. 
But beyond that, he asked me a very pointed question. He's like, what does your tagline mean? And anybody that knows Russell Edmond, he challenges you. But when he asked me that, you know, of course, right off the bat, I was just like, because this is something that I believe in. I said, well, simply put, it's about removing obstacles, excuses, and worrying about what other people think. And, you know, we're all human. It's, it's hard not to because, you know, we, we gain validation from the people that are around us, whether it be our loved ones or our coworkers or people that we work with. And so that was really important to me that not only am I being cognizant of that, but I'm also living the most purposeful and authentic life that I can. And in this day and age, that's so important with everything that's going on. And I'm so appreciative of Russell and people like Russell for allowing me to have that time and that space to use his platform to talk about my brand launch and also just to support me. I am so fortunate to be surrounded by people who are simply amazing and who see gifts that are within me that sometimes that I don't even see. So with that being said, um, I have to, again, thank Russell for that opportunity, but also, I also have to thank our guests that will be on with us today. Um, I, I guess let me just get into the meat and potatoes of it. Um, much like willpower, diet and exercise renders a change in your appearance, interchanges also bring about outer results. And I have to say, my guest today um, is just that. She can touch something, she can say something to you, and it resonates, and it means something. So without further ado, my inaugural guest has mentored me through my graduate program. She has mentored me through um, a ton of different uh, events that I have been um, honored to be a part of. And also beyond that, just in, again, with launching my personal brand and being my inaugural guest just says how much that she believes in me. And uh, that serves as a reminder to me that no matter what you set your mind to, you can do it. And I will say, sometimes it's not done just through your own sheer willpower. It's done through those that are there behind you and pushing you along the way. Uh, just to tell you a little bit of, give you a little background about her. And this is, she's a motivational keynote speaker. She motivates me on the daily. I, I have to tell you, even if we don't talk, I always tell her I go into, she's, she has this little angel that sits on my shoulder. And when I'm in certain situations, I, I lean on that and I, I, I cue into that and I, I needed it. She's an author. She's a researcher. She's a consultant, an experienced leader, a life coach. And I know I've tapped into that beyond and a professor. She holds a PhD in human services and a specialization in management of nonprofits from Capella University. She also earned her Master of Public Health with an emphasis in maternal and child health from San Diego State University and an MBA with a specialization in marketing from National University. She is the epitome of um, all good things and uh, believing in education and um, supporting those who want to further their education around them. And obviously, from what I'm reading off to you right now, you can tell this woman has her stuff together. She has completed her undergraduate work at San Diego State University with a Bachelor of Arts in Liberal Arts in Sciences, Sciences sorry, in Psychology. And um, for the last 30 years, she's worked in numerous health and human services capacities and has a strong background in public health, nonprofits, and business. She formerly worked as an associate dean, and uh, at that point, I had the opportunity to come into her beautiful grace. She served as a distinguished faculty in higher education, 
She served as a director of the California Black Infant Health Program for the County of San Diego, where she implemented and directed all aspects of community-based program that supports, facilitates, and promotes African-American women of childbearing ages to receive early and continu continuous prenatal care. That in and of itself, I, I, I'll go into that later, but we have a connection there. Uh, I, I'm, I'm so excited and I, I'm getting ahead of myself, so let me slow down. Uh, beyond that, additionally, she is a military spouse, which is something that I hold near and dear because I too am a military spouse. So as you can see these similarities, we connect on many levels. Uh, she has served in military families as a Navy Ombudsman and served active duty sailors and Marines as a Navy alcohol facilitator, a facilitator in Dunoon, Scotland. Without further ado, I am so incredibly honored to have Dr. Pamela Hardy Shepherd as my inaugural guest. Welcome to All About the Experiences, Pamela. And I, I, I'm just, I'm thrilled to have you here. I am so thrilled to be here. As, as you were reading, I was like, who is that? <laughs> That's all you. That is all you. you. It, is, it is such a pleasure to be here, Cheryl. And I have to say, when we think about what people have accomplished in their lives and think about the circle that they're around, you have been in my circle. And as much as I can give, you have given back to me. You have... Uh, equipped me with so many things and and provided so much illumination in my life, I get choked up. I literally get choked up. You are a blessing to many who come in your presence. You have steered people in the right direction, ensuring that they are successful. And so when you hold that mirror up, ensure that you hold it up because who you're really seeing is yourself and you are a blessing. And we thank you for the, you know, just for your presence and your, your mom, she would be very, very proud of you. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Um, I was so pleased. Uh, I'll never forget the first time that I was able to even introduce you to my mom. And I, we sat down and we had a love fest. And my mom, she told me, every, not everyone knows this, but my nickname is Shay Shay. And she was just like, Shay Shay, these are the type of women that you want to surround yourself with. People who are positive, people who want to see you propel yourself forward and you have a great village and you're at the head of that village Pamela I am so blessed and so incredibly honored to have you in my life I really am and even today you're, you're here without question when I asked you would you consider being my first guest you said yes <laughs> I was just like yes absolutely I'm so appreciative I want to that. see you succeed you know, when we think about the people that are in our lives. And one thing I learned from San Diego State, it was during graduation, it was called, we lift as we climb. If you are lifting and you are not pulling that arm up and bringing somebody else and bringing them up around before you, we are not doing what we're supposed to do. So we need to continue to lift as we climb. That's what you do. That's what I do my best to do. And it makes life so much easier because you cannot get out of this life or put into it all by yourself. Somebody has spoken into your life. Somebody has said words, good, bad, or indifferent, because sometimes the, even the ones that speak negatively into, into your life actually foster uh, things for you to do. At least that's what's happened in my life. So even if you've spoken wonderful things or you said something negative, for me, it has always been okay, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. And I would actually right. <laughs> go and do exactly what you told me I could not do. So, you know, uh, people, you know, actions speak louder than words, but words and deeds and actions, uh, they foster not only in my life, your life, but in the lives of young people and anyone, basically. So we don't get through this by ourselves. You're, really. absolutely, you're absolutely correct. And I, I speak, anybody that knows me personally, they know you, whether they've met you in person or not, because I speak on you all the time, because you're my source of inspiration. 
And so with that being said, what is your source of inspiration? What inspires you? What pushes you to have all of these accolades? I mean, and I was just speaking to your academics. I mean, and then, I mean, you have so many, you are so multifaceted and uh, you know how some, some people will say, well, you know, you're the master of all these, or you do all these things, but not the master of one. Don't quote me on that. But you literally, you do things and it, it's, it's made to look so simplistic and it, it, it inspires me. I, I know I won't go into where we work together, but we work together. And there were a lot of times that, you know, I was working on my MBA and being a, a mom and a full-time student and working full-time. And I was facing some real challenges. And I can remember going into your office and looking at all those degrees on the wall and saying, she did it, I can do it. She did it, I can do it. So you tell me, what inspires you? Well, I, I know for sure that God is in my life. I, I can't do anything without faith and hope. Uh, God actually lays the foundation for me. Yes. Um, I have gone through so many things in my life and, and, it, and, and notice my word is through because there is no testimony without the test. So mm. if everything went perfect in my life, I would not be standing here or sitting here actually and telling <laughs> you what gets me through. Um, I read a lot. I read a lot of inspirational books, uh, go to different webinars, and I listen to people's lives. And if they can get through, just like you said, for me, um, then I can get through too. And I'm not a quitter. I'm, you know, I'll give you an example of this. One year we went to Jamaica and I was with a group of women and it was called Sisters Jamming in Jamaica. And we went to climb the 500 foot waterfall. And you had to climb it barefooted and you had to hold on to the person in front of you and the person behind you, people you didn't even know, right? So you had to depend on them. And I was like, oh my gosh, the rocks were slippery and you had to trust. And so one woman said to me, well, you can go on out. You can go climb the stairs. And I'm like, I'm not climbing the stairs. I, I don't care if I die trying to climb this waterfall, I'm going to get to the top. And that's been who I've been my entire life. You cannot tell me what I cannot do. I'm gonna try and try, even if I have to try 50 times, I, I fall down, but I can get up. Get and, if, and I think that's what happens with people. A lot of times they fall down, they don't wanna get up. Get up, dust yourself off, your hair may look funny, you may feel dirty, but dust yourself off and try again. And I think, I, it's a, a little thing that my daughter put on a t-shirt. It's called fail forward. So you fail, you fall down, you get up and you keep moving. Absolutely. So, so important because I think sometimes, and I, I, I think about this with my own children, you know, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and even our, our children because we want them to be inspired. We want them to be great and we want them to be successful. But in that success, like you said, you have to fail or else you won't know what the difference is. And so I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And, and even though sometimes failure doesn't feel great, but when you rebound from that, oh my goodness, it's so rewarding. It, it really, really is. And I think the way that I was raised has a lot to do with it. Uh, being a baby boomer and being, I'll just say, 65 years old. <laughs> no one would ever believe that. Can I just say this? You are absolutely gorgeous. Thank you. Being 65 years old, I came up in a time that was totally different. I believe that who raised you, where you were raised regionally, all these things play a role in how you will succeed. And I think a lot of times when we give children a lot of stuff, they don't have to learn to figure it out on their own. I think going through everything that I went through in my life, well, there was times we didn't know if we were going to eat. Um, so we got inventive. We go pick the apples off Miss Martin's apple tree. And I have to tell you to this day, I don't care about apples. We've had them fried. We've had them boiled. <laughs> no, but it sustained us and it made us appreciative of what we have. So anything in your life 
you go into it with gusto. And even if you fail, you get up and say, well, that didn't work. Uh, what is my next strategy? How can I figure this out? And you're always trying to figure out things. And so you just ask a lot of questions. Sometimes even when you ask questions, people don't really want to tell you the answer. So you just keep going. You never stop. You never let anybody stop you. This is your life. This is where you're supposed to be. You have a purpose. You were brought to this earth for a purpose. And so without you, if you continue to stop, if you stop and you just say, I can't do this, well, you may say that for a minute, but you get up. And there will always be something that will come into your sphere that will encourage you to get up and to do it again. And, you know, somebody may say a kind word or somebody may smile at you, you know, whatever it takes to get it done. I smile at people that don't smile back. That's okay. But maybe there will be somebody that will smile back. And this is a true story. When I was an undergrad at San Diego State, I used to walk on campus every morning. I'd get there about six o'clock in the morning. And there was this woman that used to sit on the bench. And every day I'd walk past her and I'd say, good morning. And she wouldn't speak. And I was like, hmm. So I'd walk past her another day. Good morning. She wouldn't speak. It took an entire year. And most people say, well, she didn't speak to me. Forget it. But I was determined I'm going to make her speak. And guess what? Hey. One morning I was walking by and I said, good morning. And I kept walking because she never said good morning. She said, good morning. I, I stopped dead. In my <laughs> but the thing is, we don't know what's going on in other people's lives. So true. And so... I don't know. I was just determined I'm going to keep speaking to her. Then it just became a natural thing. And I guess she said, let me speak to this girl so she can be quiet. <laughs> but she spoke. And that's how I, that's how I look at life. Just keep Absolutely. going. Well, I have to tell you, um, you said something that resonated to me is um, living that purposeful life. And that's something that I aim to do, something that I encourage my children to do. And um, uh, sometimes when you're trying to live that purposeful and that authentic life, you're not really sure what it is because let's face it, life is, is it doesn't necessarily have a roadmap to it. And um, I know, and I, I just want my listeners, I can't believe I have listeners. I love this. <laughs> I want my listeners to know just kind of our background and how we met. And um, real briefly, I can say, uh, I was uh, the person that was helping onboard Pamela onto uh, the position she was coming on to where we worked together at an institution of higher learning. And I was so pleased, um, you know, I was getting comfortable in my own position and learning uh, to kind of streamline the onboarding process. But I can honestly say, <laughs> sometimes you just click with people and you don't even have to be face to face. I mean, just like now how we're doing this, this whole podcast, we're not even in the same room, but the energy and the synergy that's between us is uh, definitely felt. And so I say all that to say is um, during that onboarding process, I had a phone call that normally would take about 10 or 15 minutes in the onboarding and just kind of giving her an idea of what to expect on her first day and, you know, what we have planned and uh, letting her know kind of who she'll be meeting. And that conversation turned into, I think, what was probably well over an hour, but I was so excited. And that phone call, I believe, took place on a Friday. I couldn't wait for the weekend to get past so that I can meet this incredible woman and she did not disappoint. And she has been in my life ever since. And so I wanted to you to have an opportunity to kind of speak to what that was like. Um, I'm, I, it's, it's hard for me, and you always tell me this, like no one can sell you better than yourself, but I find it difficult for me to talk about myself. But I feel like the reason why I'm here, where I am right now today is because you've had a hand in it. And you've encouraged me even when, I didn't want to push forward. I was scared. And I know um, one of the things that I've learned is that fear is what keeps us in this, this space where we, we may be physically able to do something, but if you fear something, you won't move forward. And um, you've helped me squelch a lot of fears that I've had, whether it was furthering my education. I didn't get a good grade or I had to repeat a class. You said, okay, like you said earlier, do it again and I'm here to help. 
and I had to learn how to reach out for help and uh, do something uh, that was out of my comfort zone. And uh, I'll let you speak a little bit to that because the, the words that you gave me were so impactful and so powerful that it, it prompted me to go far beyond what I thought I could possibly do in that space, not only um, for furthering my education, but also furthering my career. Oh, you know, it, it's funny because I can remember back when, when I just said, hmm, I would just be happy with an office job, you know, <laughs> you know, I probably have worked a little bit of everything from fast food to driving a truck, you name it, I'll do it. And that's why I can truly say to students or I can say to clients, I understand. I will never say I understand if I haven't gone through something, I can have empathy. However, um, I've been able to go through a lot in my life and and still I can smile and know that it has been useful. And I think coming to the organization and first of all, meeting you and having that connection, there is a synergy and an energy that people put out. It is like a huge billboard that we wear and whether it's in our voice, um, the way of cadence of our voice, there is, you know, it shows and you don't have to speak a word. It's just like walking into a room and you walk into a room and you're like, something's not right in this room. It's the energy that people put out and they wonder why things happen to them because it's what you put out. What you put out comes back to you. What you focus on grows. And so when we look at whether it's higher education or it's our, our personal lives, that those are the things that matter and no one wants to be around somebody who is negative I mean where what does that help me how does that help my life how does that get me up off the floor and so when I met you and we had that conversation over the phone I couldn't wait because we connected on so many levels we talked about book clubs we we ran, it ran the gamut what we discussed and so coming to that organization and meeting you you equipped me well because any organization you go to, they have a culture. And whatever that culture is, it isn't written in the handbook. So you quickened me to the culture, you know, this, these things, that, those things. And it doesn't matter how smart you may think you are, there's things that you may miss. And you are always there to support that. And I am so pleased. And yes, it has been a give and a take. It is not just me giving. You gave so much to me. And so when I think about doing a presentation, uh, you know, whether it was a PowerPoint or whatever that, you know, I had to do, you were there. You were there. And yes, when it was, you know, I became your official mentor. And when you're saying, I don't know if I can do that. And I was like, yes, you can. I've watched you. I've watched you uh, in a room. And <laughs> we laugh about this, but um, I talk about, you know how to work a room. And when I say work a room, not in the negative sense, but in a positive sense that you have this capability, a gift that whenever you meet somebody, you meet them where they are. And you remember all of the amazing details about them because people, when you meet them, they really want to know about you. So right. when we when we teach students to to um, to actually network with people, it is not receiving a card. It's what what about those people? What about them? Because you're you're trying to learn about them. So I've watched you work a room with the highest of whether it's a a president of a university or somebody who is a student. You meet people where they are and that's really what people want. And that's what I teach and, and it's what I've always known. Whether you are the janitor, the sw street sweeper, or you're a CEO of a company, it is about respect and dignity. And so uh, I think about, I had students one time, I said, you know, you come to class every night and, um, you pass people, you know, somebody in the lobby or whatever. What do you know about them? I said, you're going to be in human services or public health or what. What do you know about that individual? So I created this assignment 
for them to go figure out who these people were and find some information about them, uh, whether it was counting the number of stairs to be able to evacuate, to know your surroundings and who is in your sphere. And they thought that was like one of the most amazing um, assignments ever. But the thing is, you need to know who's in your sphere. It, it isn't just about you going to school to get your education. You pass people. Do you, do you speak to the, the guard? Do you know his name? No? Okay, well, good. Go learn his name. <laughs> <laughs> I love that about you because even where we were at, everyone knew who you were. I mean, obviously for the obvious reasons you are just absolutely beautiful but you have this presence about you and the i'll never forget when i came back home and i was talking about you i was just like she's regal it's 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 and, and you know what it is is you have this self-assurance you have this ability to draw people in and like you said what you put off you get back and i was drawn to you and it encouraged me, like you said, to speak out and do things and and to connect with people. And I can think of one, um, we, we talk about this a lot, but I can think about one time in particular when you were preparing for one of your amazing presentations. And she had to do this presentation. I wanted, she did it online, I think at least twice, and then in person three times back to back. So with that being said, let me just say, I mean, I'm sure you all can see this and hear this now. She's very dynamic. She knows how to read her audience. And I sat there and I learned something new every time she did the, the presentation. I saw that even though the room changed each time that she presented, it were, there were different people that were before her, she was able to clue into all these different people and give them something and give them something anecdotal that they could they could grab onto and be drawn into. And there was one gentleman in particular <laughs> who I think he may have not had breakfast that morning or maybe he was just on the wrong side, you know, woke up on the wrong side of the bed. But you could just, like you said, you felt the energy. And it was um, what we call now disruption. It was disruptive. Even he didn't necessarily have to say anything, but his presence and his aura was just disruptive. And even in that, he would grunt when you would say things or roll his eyes. And you didn't necessarily put him on the spot, but you, you, you were in his space. And normally when people get in your space, you get a little, you know, standoffish or what have you, but it, just as uncomfortable as he was making us and the rest of the room feel, you were able to take those points that you were speaking on and make light of it, but also make him aware of his presence in the room and make him aware that there were some things obviously that he needed to address and change, but it also spoke to what you were talking about. And it didn't put him on the spot in the sense where he was made to feel like he was standing out. He made himself stand out, but you made it like, oh, well, what were you going to say something when you're making these grunts or rolling of the eyes? Well, did you have a point you wanted to make? And I loved it because at the end of that, when we were leaving, he couldn't help, but you made him a part of this presentation, but he couldn't help but acknowledge that, you know what, I learned something. And whatever he felt when he walked in that room, he had a different thought of who you were when he left. It is so absolutely true. I mean, as a, a professor, all your students aren't going to love you. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're not going to love you or like even, even like you or like what you're saying. And in spite of that, you cannot bring your bias. You have to be able to encounter students where they are. And that's where he was. And so when you teach face-to-face, -face, you have this great ability to be in the space with students. And when you teach online, the opposite of that is the words, your word choice. And, and you, can, you can actually create that by the words that you use and the cadence. There is a cadence because it, when you read a book, when you think about it, you can read behind the words. Well, students have that capability of reading behind the words. And so you have to be cognizant of how you speak. And it's just like, as we're speaking, there's a cadence to your voice and there's intonations and voice inflections. 
And it goes the same when you're in an online environment. Students are so smart. They have the PhD in, in um, you know, just listening to whether you care or not. And if a student knows you care, they will, and they know that you want to see them succeed, they will even work harder. And it's so funny, I just got this um, post from a student who I was her professor as um, she was working on her bachelor's degree. She is now working on her PhD and they still keep me informed. And I have five students that way. And it, and it just melts my heart because we are to lift as we climb, even if you speak a little into their lives. And I've had two professors. It's just like when you're growing up, you have your favorite teacher. Yes. Mrs. Rock was mine. <laughs> and then you, of course, you know that. But. <laughs> teachers. And these individuals make such an amazing mark on your life. I had a professor at San Diego State. His name was Dr. Toombs. And, you know, in the class, Dr. Toombs would make you think critically. And then, you know, I remember going at graduation, getting my bachelor's degree. And he goes, what about that master's degree? And I'm like, what? Well, I'm just getting past this. <laughs> Okay. And I, I was like, yeah, I, but I heard him somehow in my conscious mind, I heard him. And there was other people that spoke into my life. And so I remember graduating with my master's of public health. And he goes, what about that PhD? I was like, isn't this good enough? <laughs> so, you know, and so then, you know, I decided, you know, because yes, I'm running a nonprofit, I need to learn what it is to, to ensure I know about business. I knew some things, but I didn't know enough. So I decided to go to National University and get my business, a master's of business administration. And there was a professor there named Dr. Goldberg. And he said, are you going to get your PhD? I said, what is it about this PhD? He goes, Pamela, you can run circles around those individuals, but until you get that doctorate degree, you are not the professional. You are not the expert. You are the expert and you're telling PhDs what to do. And I heard him. And eventually after getting two master's degrees, I said, okay, it's time to get a PhD. And you know, it, it, it was one of the best things I ever have ever done in my life, but no, let me tell you what the best thing I've ever done in my life. The thing that means the most to me that I've been able to do in my life is raise three children to adulthood and to be amazing citizens, no job, no degree, and no amount of money compares to that. It is raising them and looking at them. I have two daughters who are teachers and I have a son who's a graphic artist. And I can remember my son, I was trying to tell him as a young kid, you can be an artist. And he goes, no, I can't, I can't be an artist. And he went and spent 10 years in the United States Navy, bless his heart. And I'm glad that- My shipmate. <laughs> that experience helped him and he came back and that is what he's doing. And it's just amazing to me. And I never told them, go get your education. What happened is that they watched me and they watched me struggle. They watched me struggle with Spanish. I would take two Spanish classes a day just to get through that. So it is not always what we say, it is what we do. And I had an amazing mom who just, man, she was just full of wisdom. She always had these anecdotal things, you know, like, Oh, Father Time is a storyteller. There's <laughs> always surface. And I, I, I promised myself I wouldn't share those things with my children, but I definitely did. And also with my students or anybody that's in my life. You know, she was the focal point. And now that she's gone, I, I miss her so much, but I try to do my best to embody what she has taught us and to carry her legacy on. So... You're certainly doing that. I mean, just, I know what you are to me. And I know before my mom, my mom passed in um, 2015, but before she passed away, she had an opportunity to meet you and we spent time together and we talked and those, you, you gave so much in that. And I, I felt like even though, you know, her time was near um, after that, she felt like she would tell me, Shay Shay, you are surrounded by so many amazing people and amazing women who are pushing forward and who want to see you succeed, baby. And that meant something to me. Like my mom was very much um, a maverick in her time. She 
uh, challenged her state board for her nursing license um, from her LVN to her RN. She was grandfathered in to UC Davis, UC Davis's um, um, family nurse practitioner program and was in the top 3% of her class. And she had kids at home and a husband that she was dealing with. And, you know, all those things that we know it's not, it's not an easy line to tell, but I, I'm, I'm pretty proud of myself because I am. I'm surrounded by women much like yourself that just encourage and, and are so impactful. And the other part of it is I love that you're not afraid to pull my card about something. And that resonates to me on so many levels because it can't be that it's just all, you know, uh, I mean, it's positive, but like you said, positivity, sometimes those challenges that you receive are not always in the manner that you think they're going to come to you, but you make me critically think you make me want to be better. And at this time in our country, there's so many things that are going on in the midst of COVID and definitely all the civil unrest that's happening where our community is definitely in it's it's impacted and so i kind of want to switch gears if you don't mind um and kind of address that especially with today being juneteenth i would be remiss if i didn't acknowledge the power of having this platform to highlight some of the impactful events that are occurring literally they're unfolding daily hourly and um, as African-American professional women, I just want to acknowledge that the social injustices that are occurring across the United States and even across the world, um, it's alarming. Um, it's alarming the number of deaths that are happening. And I, I say deaths, I use that term to be somewhat PC, but it's murder. And it's happening to um, black men and women and children. And uh, most recently, we know George Floyd, who died at the knee of a Minneapolis police officer. And it's, it's, un it, I was watching his services online. And when we had the moment of silence for the amount of time that that knee was on his neck, eight minutes and 46 seconds, it's alarming, it, 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 it enrages you, it makes you feel like, is this really happening in our land of the free, if you will? And unfortunately, this is not a contemporary issue at all. Uh, it's rather, it's, I, I would say it's an issue that's been steeped in over 400 years of injustices against African Americans. And racism is real, it's, it's very real, um, it's systemic. And I just, I, I, I hold my babies tighter. I have a son that's 15 and I have a daughter who is 24 years old and she's on the cusp of, you know, starting her own life outside of us. She still lives at home with us, but I don't want to, I don't want her to leave. I'm scared. I, I, it's, it's hard to think that when she leaves out that door, and I mean, she's a very capable adult, she's working, and she's finding her way in the world. But what if it's that one day that she's out there and someone sees her as a threat? If one day my son is coming back home from school and he's perceived as a threat because he has his hoodie on, because he thinks he's doing, you know, his, his style, as he says, it's his swag, you know, and it's an injustice towards him because he's perceived as a threat. And I just, I'm, I'm scared and I don't know what's gonna happen moving forward, but I wanna pose this question and just kind of get your thoughts or what your point of view is, or where do you see us going as a nation? Where are we, how do we educate? One of the things that you and I are both proponents of is education, but not just education from the standpoint of you know, propelling a career, but how can we educate those around us? We are not a threat, not in this, in the way that they, they think. How can we make that change? That is embedded in people's psyche that they don't even know is there. You know, I never thought I would see this again in my lifetime. I thought it would be better for my children and grandchildren, but knowing I have a, a son who is an adult that I had issues with 
going through school, being stopped by police, and I have five grandsons. And so I'm concerned about them, but it's like we have to have the talk, but who else is having the talk? I think that to educate a society that does not know that racism and biases and implicit racism exist, it's going to take a while because some people say they don't see color. That is the first thing you see when you see me. You see my color, um, just like you gave the experiences of you know being out. Um, you know, you're following me around the store, right. or when I'm in the workplace, you think less of me because I'm a black person and I have to actually do more to ensure that you understand that I am more than capable, give me a chance. But going back to what do we do? I think it starts in the home. It always starts in the home, but it's gonna start with those parents of recognizing that there are differences. When I look at this movement right now, it is totally different from the movement when I was a child that I would see um, black people moving in the civil rights movement being, um, you know, dogs being sicked on them and fire hoses, but still, we still have some of that still, that same hatred, that same um, feeling when we see police attacking people, but they're just not attacking black people. They're attacking anybody that says, hey, let's make a change. Black lives do matter. Absolutely. All lives matter, but black lives matter too. Absolutely. They matter too. So I think it is, it starts with the education at home and recognizing that there, there are differences the way people are treated. I can't tell white people to go and walk in my shoes because that was always something my mother used to say. I complained about a not having any shoes until I met a man who had no feet. I mean, it is, it is, I can't tell you to be me for a day or, or tell you to be a black male for a day. So I believe it's going to take time, but it has to be, we can no longer as black people say, ask for the right to change. It must be mandated. It must be, this is our given right. Absolutely. We just want justice. We want to be treated when we say about making America great, making America great for who? It's never been great for black people or Native American people who live on the reservation um, without running water. It's, it's, never been a great, it's never been great for other groups, whether they're Asian or Arab or whatever. But for, I can only speak to being black. Right. So if we want to make America great, let's make it great for everyone. Absolutely. You know, you know, one of the things that stands out, because I know that sometimes, you know, in, in higher education, um, not only in hospitality and tourism and events, I look around and I see other people that look like me, but there's not a lot of us. And it's not to say that maybe they d decided not to go this route. The thing that I recognize um, more often than not is that when I'm in a room, I want people to see Cheryl. And I know it's easy to, for people to say, well, I don't see color. Well, yeah, you do. And it's okay. I want to be that person that changes your mind that I don't want you to think that what you see um, or what you think is being portrayed of all African-Americans and even within my family, we're all vastly different. We all bring so many gifts and I feel like those are the gifts that should be celebrated. I just happen to be African-American, you know? But even when I'm engaging with um, my colleagues and I'm thinking about events and how I move in certain spaces, I hate to say it, but it's, it's even in the back of my mind, how am I being perceived? Is it because something is happening a certain way? Is it because I'm African-American or is it simply because they're being a jerk? I don't know. But with that being said, I think it's really important that these conversations continue because something has to change. And like you said, I don't know if it'll even change in my lifetime. I'm hoping that conversations, even like what we're having right now to 
professional black women that are about uplifting not only their community, but the communities in which they serve, that we can be perceived as something different than what you see when I'm walking down the street and you have this preconceived notion of who you think I am. So that's terribly important. Um, I would do want to lighten the mood a little bit. I, I, I watch on television a lot. Um, I'm a TV addict, I believe. I love to read. You, you push me definitely into reading and to not only read for pleasure, but um, to read for knowledge. But one of the shows that I really love is the actor studio. And I don't know if you've ever watched it, but they kind of have these quick fire questions that can be um, one word or let's say um, a couple of sentences long. But basically it's just kind of asking some off the cuff questions just to get a better idea of who you are. So if you're okay with that, would you mind? Okay. okay. I promise they're all good. <laughs> Let me ask you, I mean, we are women that are not with few words, but what would be your all time favorite word that you kind of gravitate to? Compassion. Definitely. I, I, that should be your middle name. You're <laughs> one of the most compassionate people I know. Let me ask you this. What is like one of your favorite sounds or noises that you love to hear or that just centers you? Water. Water, the rain, or the ocean. They always center me because I'm not really into the zodiac, but I'm a fire sign. So water calms me. Uh, every night we go to bed with the rain. It's beautiful. That, that's what we go to sleep to. Awesome. Okay, the other thing is, what profession, other than what you are currently doing, would you like to do or would you attempt to do? Oh, gee, there's so many. Just one? Throw out two. Okay. Fashion, interior design. And they almost call, fall in the same thing because I look at interior design as, as a, a form of fashion. Maybe a beauty consultant, someone to say, hey, let's frame this, you know? Yeah, it would, it would be in that vein. You know what I think about when I think of you, and, and you'll laugh when I say this, is photography. And the reason being is, is like when we're together, we take so, uh, uh, tons of selfies or we're taking, we're in, we're normally, we're at an event, so we're capturing those moments. And you have an eye for making everybody look so good. And I am just so thankful for that because, you know, sometimes as ladies, we'll get caught up in the moment and then it's time when the camera comes out and you're like, oh, no, 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 I know how to, and you bring it all together. And I look slender in those pictures. I have to thank you for that. <laughs> it, it's funny. Um, my hobby is photography and I do better with people than I do with um, scenic. Scenics are okay but I know that everybody has uh, an amazing side. And so when we would go on cruises, people, I would say, would you like me to take your picture? They'd say, yes. I said, but you have to do what I say. And they were like, okay. And I'd say, I need you here. I need you to put your hand here. And then when we would take the photo, it would come out amazingly. It would just be beautiful. And it would capture what you're trying to do is, you know, when people smile, you right. smile with your eyes. You just don't smile with your mouth. And, and so trying to get someone to have that smile in their eyes. And um, I, I guess it's because I've always studied people. I've been very, very observant uh, from second grade on. My mother used to say, observe, you may learn something. <laughs> so I've always... <laughs> took that under advice and started observing people as early as second grade. I love it. Well, as we start to wind down and um, I have one more, I mean, just in light of everything that's going on with COVID-19 and, you know, I have to acknowledge um, lives that have been lost as a result of uh, this pandemic um, and also how we've had to pivot, you know, um, just whether it's um, in our personal lives or professional lives, as you can see, like normally you and I would be face to face, but we're doing this uh, via Zoom. And um, this is just undoubtedly a, a time that causes great stress. 
And um, normally the things that I would do to relieve stress would be like to go have a massage or a facial or go out to a restaurant, have a good dinner or something like that. And ironically, stress spelled backwards is desserts. And so I've been taking in a lot of that too. Um, let me ask you this. What is your favorite dessert? Oh gosh, I don't have one. I am not a sweet person. I'll eat it. But right now it is that, um, that popcorn with the chocolate on it. I would, uh, what is that? Pop a lot. You know, I don't re exactly re remember <laughs> what the, but I, I would say if I had to pick one, it would be that, that, but I'm not a sweet person. I'm more salty. I like things with salt, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in between. So kettle corn really works out for me. You and I have a love of popcorn together for sure. Um, kettle corn is my, it's my jam. It's sweet and salty <laughs> and crunchy. It's my jam. <laughs> I love it. I just want to thank you so much, Pamela, for being my inaugural guest, being here to support me in all of my endeavors. And this is just one of the areas that you have supported me and um, lifted me to. Um, I, you have just played an enormous role in my life and I, can't imagine not having you in it. They say you meet people. You, I think you even told me this for a season or reason. It, correct me if I'm wrong. How does this go? I'm never good at quoting things. Um, it, you said it's you always have people that come in your life for either a reason oh, or a season. Yes, right? <laughs> that too. Okay. Uh, people come into your lives for two things. Either they come to get a lesson or to get a lesson or both. And, and you're not wrong. There is everything when you talk about pivots and we talk about there's a, a season for everything even when things don't go your way and and or you think that you know this isn't working out when one door closes a window will open and it is it you know and so when you talk about what do you do to de-stress you go within you go within yes i'd love to get a massage and i would <laughs> love to do all those amazing things but go within and, and use this time as an opportunity to know thyself. Mm. And women wield a lot of power. We really, really do. And when you get together with other women, things happen. I always feel empowered when I'm around you. And um, again, I can't tell you how blessed I am to have you in my life and to have you as a mentor and a friend. And you're my big sis. And... Um, this is just evident. I, we get so emotional when we're together and I'm just like, I love her so much. And I just, it, it an feels good. Woman, Cheryl, you're an incredible woman. And thank you for this opportunity to come in on your program and to be able to share a little bit about myself. But most importantly is to support you. And it is about supporting one another because when there are women, when we're around, magic happens. It always does. It always does. We just Thank happen you. to be black girl magic. I love it. <laughs> Before sure. we close out, do you have any parting words, um, any insights that you would like to share or any shout outs that you would like to give? Well, I'd like to shout out to my family. You know, my family is a blessing. They keep me on my toes. My husband, Melvin, he is always supportive in what I do. And I have to tell you, you've been a support in that. And listen, ladies, if you think you cannot get married later on in life, I'm here. If you want to know more about that, I'll tell you about that. <laughs> I love it. Part, parting words. I would say education is great. I said, travel is better. That is the best education I've ever had. Um, I would say, this is your time to see who you really are. This is your time, take it and do the pivot, go within and know that you were put on this earth for a purpose. Everybody doesn't have the same purpose and whatever ideas that come into your mind that God lays on your heart, go for it. Don't worry about the how, focus on just the doing. And I would say, this is your time. Make it worth something. Go to school. Your, your time's gonna pass anyway, right? 
Right. And it doesn't have to be higher education. It can be, you know, whether, whatever type, whatever is your passion. Know what your passion is and go for it. And I'll be up here forever, so I'll be quiet. I get excited about this. I stuff. get excited. You give me so much energy. Well, in closing, I'll say this. Um, I can't resonate this enough. Um, you have been just a true inspiration. And the experience has been phenomenal and it continues to grow. And um, piggybacking on what you said is this that live in that moment and live the most purposeful life that you possibly can. And let it be all about the experiences. So on that note, we'll go ahead and close out. But again, thank you so much for being my inaugural guest so and a dear, dear friend and supporter. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for joining All About the Experiences. Be sure to tune in weekly. Please subscribe, like, and provide feedback. Additional information can be found via the website at allaboutthexperiences.com and follow on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and YouTube by name, All About the Experiences. Remember, the only limits that exist are the ones in your mind.